Hello and welcome to the Smart Cities World podcast. This episode brought to you by Cloudera and IBM Storage. I'm your host, Luke Antonio, Senior Editor at Smart Cities World. On this episode, I'm going to be talking all things fleet management and maintenance with a special guest. Now, fleet management and maintenance represents a major cost center for cities around the world. Remote diagnostics and predictive maintenance solutions, however, can help to deliver major savings, as well as provide real-time visibility on fleets from trucks to buses and other city-run vehicles. To deliver maximum benefit, these solutions need to be powered by advanced data management and analytics systems, and that data management challenge is only getting tougher, especially given the proliferation in the connected vehicles and devices that actually collect the data. To discuss some of these issues, we are delighted to be joined by Cindy Mikey, Vice President Industry Solutions and Value Management at Cloudera. Cindy, thank you very much indeed for joining us on this episode. Um, we've heard a bit in the intro there about some of these challenges. So to start with, it would be great just to understand what some of the empowering capabilities are that these technologies, such as predictive maintenance, can provide to those who manage fleets. Yeah, so, you know, the, the capabilities that are there um, and what we're trying to do with a, a predictive maintenance is to also really help organizations go beyond what we used to refer to as just preventive maintenance. Um, because now that we can actually do things in a more real-time fashion, we're able to, you know, store and, you know, collect lots more data, actually do um, algorithms and actually look at doing kind of that that condition-based, when do I need to change something, as opposed to historically, everybody said, oh, let's do preventive maintenance. Well, preventive maintenance has an extra cost to it because you could actually be replacing um, you know, um, uh, parts on whether it's a um, within a city environment, if it's on you know, a certain type of you know, public uh, utility vehicles or maybe if we're even looking at infrastructure uh, regarding, you know, our, uh, our, our smart grid, you know, depending upon how the, the utilities operate and so forth. The data collection, the types of data, the timeframes in which we can collect information really makes it real and makes it more actionable and also really helps us save and drive down some of the costs of what we've historically done from a, um, a maintenance perspective. So the, the areas of opportunity are uh, quite compelling um, and some of the things that we've seen already on what organizations are using, uh, you know, within a, a smart city environment around predictive maintenance um, is, is quite compelling. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of those things, you know, any, any cost saving for an operator is welcome, right? Yeah. And, and that's, 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 what's critical is, you know, because now we're really looking at, you know, how do, you know, historically, if, if you think about from a smart city perspective, we've all got, you know, well, what's the amount of revenue I'm collecting, you know, or the tax revenues or, um, and, and so forth. But anytime we can save a dollar, a dollar saved, is a dollar, um, and the the opportunities are very much there. And the other aspect is, you know, it, it's beyond the the term of just being smarter. It's it's the fact that um, one, we're being conscientious. We're actually looking at where costs are going. So if we save a dollar here on, you know, predictive maintenance, we can use that dollar to invest in other um, elements within the city. So looking at providing, you know, better services. 
um, and you know maybe reducing some of our you know capital uh, capital expense that we have to do um, on buying new equipment. We can extend the useful life. Um, so those are some of the the key elements of around you know using data um, smarter, uh, using it for uh, enhancing of going beyond just you know prevented to predictive to the conditional base, which is really where we're trying to to get to. Um, so the opportunities are. Um, are out there and and we're seeing organizations actually make those investments um, because it it's you know it's within the infrastructure it's in within vehicles um, you think even about uh, road repairs as or uh, sensors that sit in um, alongside um, you know the roads I've also seen um, scenarios where from a smart city perspective it's you know. You think about um, the uh, the monitors that go over that that are passing out information to citizens as you're driving, um, and you know I can actually use that uh, predictive maintenance to help me say when do I even need to replace light bulbs um, within some of these signs. So it's it's helping drive down um, you know the or let me say not driving down but it's enhancing safety. Um, which is a, a key element because that the you know when you're um, enhancing safety, that also correlates into um, an insurance perspective for the city. Um, you know how do I actually drive down the cost of some of my insurance if I'm reducing um, some of the accident ratios that I'm have because of failed equipment? So the, the implications, the cause effect analysis that we can do is just. The, the opportunity costs are there and it's just um, a lot of times we have to stop and think about, well, how can I apply that and, you know, when and where. So the capabilities are there. Now we really need to use our imagination uh, beyond just our traditional way of thinking. But, you know, the looking at the, the overall uh, correlation of how can I save, um, save costs and where can I apply these uh, technologies and capabilities to. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that safety angle is a really interesting one to, to look at this th from as well, because, you know, high up on the agenda of, of every city at the moment is this kind of vision zero um, approach and real it's a lofty target to, to try and aim aim for. Right. And just attempting to, to do to, to reach that. Yeah. Any help along that along that route is is welcome. Um so it's at the heart of, of all of this, and you've already mentioned it because we can't help but mention it, is is data. You know, it's the heart of every discussion now we have with regards to, to transport, logistics, every, every aspect of smart cities, pretty much. Data's right there. So can you tell us a little bit more about the data management challenge that actually underlies the functionality of these technologies and and how Cloudera specifically helps to to address these these challenges. Yeah, because when you when you think about going towards the condition and the the predictive maintenance, uh, we start to see kind of the I refer to it as the data landscape. What type of um, information and data points do I actually need, and what could I actually use? So the challenge is. A lot of times we've looked at the data in, you know, kind of like that structured um, type information. You know, let me look at things that have historically happened, which is kind of like why, why 
you know, we're, we've moved beyond preventive because preventive really looked at really structured type data that happened in a historical perspective. So now as we're moving uh, towards the preventive and the conditional, there's new data sources that we are, we're trying to uh, leverage. You want to know specifically if it's around an asset, well, who used that asset, especially if we're talking around, you know, maybe um, a public utility truck. I'll use that one as an example. Who's actually been driving that vehicle? Do we have warranty information on that vehicle? Do we have the repair manuals? Do we have uh, data that's come back from product recalls? Um, do I also know, um, am I collecting data from the vehicle um, that says logistically, where is that data at? So each of those data points is so different than some of the data that we've been using in the past. Some of it's real time, some of it's um, batch information, some of it's going to be in data that we get that might be in a PDF document because it's a it's a manual about the, the asset. So I need to pull in all those different types of data sources and what what where Cloudera can really help in that aspect is with our uh, Cloudera data platform, we have the ability to bring in any type of data source, whether it's batch, real-time um, streaming, um, it's structured, it's semi-structured, it's highly unstructured. You know, you get into the aspect of, um, you know, data that's uh, coming off of a vehicle um, and a sensor that's on a vehicle is highly, you know, it's, it's zeros and ones. And how do I interpret that data? Um, and so when you're starting to say, I'm going to predict, uh, you know, predictive and I'm going to conditional based maintenance, I really need to be able to look at all those data sets. I need to put it maybe in a, and this gets into the, the data management question. I may need to put that uh, data into our historical structured, you know, database um, but then I also want to bring in streaming data um, and that's real time. Um, and so I have to, and some of that data is going to be good data. It's going to be um, bad quality. So I'm going to have to do some data engineering um, and get the data so I can actually use it. Uh, but I also maybe want to use newer techniques um, around um, advanced learning, um, maybe some artificial intelligence, where I look at cause and effect type capabilities around neural network analysis. So let me look at, you know, what happened, when did it happen, and then look at um, simulating future events. So the fact of where we've come from to where we're trying to go to really optimize those costs um, and save money requires us to look at data differently. And to use newer, modern data management techniques, as well as some of the advanced learning techniques around, you know, AI and ML. So that's where um, Cloudera can really help organizations because we can manage any and all type of data. And you think about kind of that data life cycle, uh, whether it's, you know, data at the edge to, you know, kind of like data at rest is what we refer to. And then how do I actually take it and do predictions and then actually then um, the aspect of the condition based is I can actually move that data out to the edge to a sensor to make something to to actually change that asset and how it's performing in the field. So um, the data complexity has definitely uh, gone up uh, when we look at uh, predictive maintenance.
Yeah, absolutely it has. Uh and not not a trend that's going to be reversing any any time soon either. Um I think, you know, data management is the is the is core to, to the issue because if you if you don't manage the data in the right way, you have absolutely no hope of understanding what you have and then being able to actually act and implement change on on assets in cities. Data management is is that foundation that has to be laid laid initially? Yeah, and and you know your your comment there about you know how do we say I take something um, out of production and I make that change, and we all know we're trying to make decisions in real time and deploy those. Um, so we have to be able to test because the last thing if I make a and, and you think about what's going on with autonomous vehicles we all talk about you know driving self-driving vehicles we have the exact same thing with um, you know self-driving um, trucks and maybe it's not even the self-driving trucks but it's it's the connected vehicle um, so if we're taking data off of those vehicles and if you want to make an online real-time update you darn well want to make sure that that update that you're pushing out to the vehicle is an accurate update. So the level of data quality and data accuracy is critical um, because, you know, in historical, or I won't even say historical times, but in some methods of preventive, you know what, you're taking something out of, out of commission, but now you're actually saying, you know what, I want to make a real-time update. Okay. You better make sure that that real-time update is actually going to get you the results that you expected because you don't want you know, traffic to stop because, you know, and, you know, all your signals are going in the wrong direction. So if I'm deploying a real-time update to make a, a change, you got to make sure that's accurate. Yeah, for sure. Now, all of this is great in theory. And I know what our listeners, our readers will be thinking is how do I, you know, what's the application in, in the real world? Is, is there an example that you can, can provide us with that goes into that depth and and how this actually actually works in practice. Yeah, so you know, there's there's several both on the um, the public sector side and then also um, on the the commercial side. So let me give you a, an example first and foremost of um, an organization called um, Navistar, and I know this is on the the commercial side but they've actually been able to bring down their cost of maintenance and also increase fuel efficiency on their fleets, uh, things that they're actually deploying to the point that they're down to between two, or they've been able to save two to three cents a mile um, on their predictive maintenance on vehicles. So that's a huge amount. Then if I actually look at you know, some of the activities that are going on with Smart Dubai, um, and things that they're doing to better manage uh, the infrastructure, uh, to look at deploying assets and resources within the city based upon data that they're actually collecting um, in the city. So if you think about things that are coming off of infrastructure, things that are coming off of, of, of networks, uh, coming off of uh, their utility grid, uh, looking at the consumption of water uh, you know, within the city or electricity. How much is actually being consumed and can they optimize some of their grid? And, and some of that goes into, let's also look at the predictive maintenance side of that. If I've got a component of the grid uh, that is um, performing in a subpar fashion based upon forecasted 
amounts of utilities being uh, needed to, to manage the city. I need that real-time visibility. So Smart Dubai is a, a great example. Um, they're also doing things within their airports uh, systems um, and looking at um, the, the efficiency and the effectiveness of the operations um, of the airport as well. So logistically, are, um, are all the pieces of equipment moving around? Um, they've got you know leveraging sensor uh, type information, but they're also looking at um, some of the equipment that's there. So if if you have a um, a ve- vehicle that has to be taken out of commission, do I also have something else that's available to redeploy another asset? So Smart Dubai, I think, is probably one of the um, the best uh, customer stories and case studies um, that you know we've had the opportunity to work with them on. Yeah, for sure. And we were talking before we went live on the podcast as well about how huge that that project is that that Dubai is is running with Smart Dubai. You know, hundreds of projects basically. And I think it really speaks to the capability of this type of technology and the relevance of these technologies as well, not just to to vehicles, which is where we've spent a lot of time talking so far, but to any connected asset in the city as well. Yeah. And I think that's a good way of thinking about it is it's around connected assets and assets can take on, you know, different shapes and sizes. Um, and, you know, it, it, it gets into the, the physical device um, management um, of logistics, you know, are assets in the right place. Um, the other aspect is, you know, when we, we think about, you know, the smart city and the predictive maintenance and so forth, um, a lot of the information today is more real time. Um, and we're dealing with true live sensor data. Um, and, you know, maybe a topic for another discussion in the future, but you think about, you know, how 5G is actually enabling us um, as a society to actually deal with these new data sources and to do it in a fashion and speed of which we we need to be able to effectively, um, you know, look at our, our smart infrastructure and our smart assets. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Maybe that is a discussion for another day. But, you know, we're in this economy now where it's always on, everything is now, everything on demand. As we move forward, anything less than that is only going to set cities operators, private companies, whoever they might be behind the competition. Yeah, that is so true. And, and the fact that um, everybody, you know, the the comment that you made about um, we're always on and um, our citizens tolerance for not being on is very, very short. I mean, if, if you look at the the services that we provide um, as a a municipality um, or as a, um, you know, a, uh, any other um, aspect of a, an agency within the, the government systems, if we're not on at the speed that our constituents need us to be on, it's, it's, that's not good because the next time we want to increase a, a tax levy for something to make these investments, they're like, well, you're, you're not providing the services that we've asked for today. So um, why, why do you want to increase my, my tax levy or the, um, the amount that you're collecting? So if you see the investments, you see the services that are being provide, provided to citizens, that's, that's a key element. Um, because if, if utilities go down because a truck couldn't, you know, if we're getting back into 
you know, equipment. But if, you know, if I have a major storm and I've got an outage of, you know, our power and I've got repair vehicles that are trying to get out, if I haven't done the proper maintenance on those vehicles and something stops, that can be a one hour delay. That can be a five hour delay. That can be a 24 hour delay. And as you said, we're always on 24 hours of getting something repaired. That doesn't fly in today's world. You, you're expecting and maybe a half an hour. You know, if your lights go out, how long do you want your lights to be out for? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, personally, my tolerance for being off at all is extremely low. My, uh, my Wi-Fi went down in the middle of last night. It was about 4 a.m. I was still annoyed about it, even though <laughs> I'd just woken up and happened to look at the Wi-Fi router to see that it had been turned off. Still not good. I don't want that. And it's so increasingly it's those finer margins that are going to make the biggest differences to citizens kind of quality of life and the livability of a city. Yeah. And, and it gets back into, I mean, a lot of the, the data and information is flowing, especially when we think about those things that are connected, you think about security cameras um, and monitoring, you know, how certain aspects um, are performing within a city the flow of traffic. A lot of that's being done by CCTV cameras. Um, and, you know, those, you know, you need to do maintenance on those types of equipment as, um, as well. So things we're always, like you said, we're always on. Um, and if we're maybe not awake, there's things that are monitoring to make sure that things are still operating efficiently and effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So as we move forwards, obviously, you know, we've come an awfully long way in the last three, four, five years on with, with all of these sorts of things. And as technologies like 5G become more widespread, you know, how do you see these technologies just further developing? And do you think there are any case studies that you could kind of foresee coming from that advancing technology that today we just aren't aware of, that just aren't on our radar? Well, you know, I think that the biggest one is the 5G network. Um, and I think this also goes into, and I don't know if I can go beyond the, the 5G network. I'm, I don't know if my brain, you know, is thinking that far, far out. I'm sure there is that, that next wave of, of technology, but I just think about the sheer capabilities. And, and I think one of our, and you haven't asked me this, but I'm going to give you my opinion on it is is how do we make sure that we can actually take advantage um, of these type of capabilities? Um, and, and one of our things, you know, within some of our cities is we have age of assets. We've got existing investments. And if you think about, you know, where in the world are activities around smart city and the predictive maintenance and things actually happening faster is one people see the opportunity, they see the opportunity for cost savings. So right now, if we've got an existing investment that's been capitalized by the city and it's on the books, what's um, our ability to write off that asset and say, I need additional money to look at a, a new investment. So cities are also having to look at, you know, how do we do um, asset um, acquisition? And, you know, how do we look at the difference between our financial methods 
of, and this is where I think about how do we make sure that we can take these new technologies and actually implement them and not be constrained by the financial operations on what is being carried on the books between a CapEx versus an OpEx, you know, for each of our municipalities. I think that may be one of our biggest hindrances that I think as, you know, city managers, financial managers that we actually have to look at is how do we actually look at the the acquisition of some of these technologies um, and moving beyond our, you know, our traditional CapEx um, approach. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's a cliche at this point, but it's finding solutions to problems and not, not vice versa. Right. You know, in cities especially, taxpayers are going to be pretty hot on where they're, where their tax dollars are being spent. And if the acquisition isn't up to scratch, then, you know, you can pretty much guarantee there's going to be a backlash. Yeah. And it goes back to your comment. It's like, um, we have to be able to, one, in it, with the the technologies that we're deploying, um, you know, around, you know, the, the predictive elements is, how's this going to save me money? Or how's this going to find a way for me to, um, increase the um the services that we actually provide to our constituents where people feel value in it Uh, because without value or a cost uh, cost savings element um, or reducing some of your risks so looking at the safety factor which you know safety factor has a direct correlation into cost so yeah for sure i think that brings us full circle um and I think I've probably taken up enough of your time today. But thank you so much indeed for uh, for taking the time out to come on and speak to us today for this episode. Um, I know I've taken a lot from it. I, I always do when I do these. Um, and I'm sure it will be the same for our listeners as well. So thank you very much indeed, Cindy. Hey, Luke, thank you. I appreciated the opportunity to have the chat with you today. Thanks, go as well, to all of our listeners, plus Cloudera and IBM Storage for their support of this episode. If you're looking to find out more, head to cloudera.com. For now though, and until next time, take care.